You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Hey everyone, welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and here with me is Kelly and Daniel. Hi guys. Hey Allie. Hey everyone. In today's car ride's worth of content, we are continuing the conversation about parents and talking about how to actually get parents to show up. But before we get started, as always, I need to ask you guys, what are you loving? What I'm loving right now fits very well with this podcast. I'm loving a podcast called oh. Gangster Capitalism about the college admission scandal. Ooh. Parents care about where their kids go to college. That's for sure. <laughs> and you really do love it because you've been raving about it for days. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I we all listen kind of to are it. binge podcast or binge listeners yeah. of podcasts. We yeah, yeah. Can, like finish them in a week. Yeah, if we get into it. Well, the thing that I'm loving right now is kombucha. Mm, yummy. The person that sits next to me at the office thinks it's disgusting, but I love it. I love it. I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. I've only had it a couple of times. I'm not against it. I just haven't gotten super into it. There's a debate about how much you should drink at one time, right? Didn't we have a debate about that the other day? Yeah. Some people have like a shot of it a day and it's good for your gut or something, but I drink like a glass of it every day or I more. I just like it. Yeah, me too. I don't really drink it for my gut. I just think it's good. Yeah. It's better for you than soda. Right. Well, that's for or sure. wine. Yeah. <laughs> what are you loving, Allie? I'm loving kale, kombucha, kale. kale. We're super healthy today. I know. I feel like some people are either like kale crazy Just raw or kale. not into it. Yeah, but I love it in my salads. I don't really yeah. get, I don't like make kale chips or do anything too fancy with it, but I love it in my salads and I feel like it's so good for you. So I've been into that lately. Hmm. I, I like it. kale. Jeremy hates it though. Yeah, some people hate it. I think if you chop it up small... And put it in salads. Yeah. People mind it less. Yeah, yeah. If it's chopped up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't notice it. But anyways, on from all our health kicks mm-hmm. with kombucha and kale and podcasts, let's jump into our conversation. What gets parents to come? Well, partnering with parents is a great concept, but it's a question that we ask all the time. How do we actually get them to care about what we're doing? How do we get them to show up? And we've got a couple of secrets that we want to share with you today. And one way that we think you can get every single parent to show up, every single one, now, maybe not all at once, show up to show up to some or sort something. of program. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do have one little secret, which we will save until the very end of this podcast. What? This episode. Ooh, I need to scroll down and look at the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so parents are, are busy, but they do have a lot of things that they care about as they run around from activity to activity, shuttling their family around. I think every parent to some degree wants to be a better parent. They may not even recognize that concern within themselves, but even the best of parents probably in some ways realizes that they come up short. No one likes to admit that they could be a better parent, but when pressed, they realize that that tension is always there in their life. So our goal is to help them, um, help parents to be more aware of what their teens are doing, to have better conversations with their teens. And even if we're not parents ourselves, Allie and I are not parents. Kelly has a couple of teenagers. Um, But even if we're not parents, we can still partner with parents. We can encourage them. We can equip them. We can speak 
in a way that helps them to understand their teenagers a little bit better. And two of the topics that parents care about the most and that we can help them the most with, especially as um, kind of a go-between with them and their teens, are technology and sex and dating. Yeah. Parents want help with those things. They won't ask for it. I think in general they won't ask, but those are the two topics that they need help with the most. And so we leverage those two needs by having a couple workshops throughout the year. So the the one workshop that we had um, this year or last year was on technology. Do we do, we talked about sex and dating there too? So you can mm-hmm. really do. Um, you can really do those together because technology is closely related to sex and dating for teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've we've done these workshops a couple different ways. We had an outside group lead the workshop um, one year, and it was good, but it wasn't tailored to our community the way we wanted it to be. Um, and so, you know, the fact that we have stories that we can be telling about about kids whose parents are actually in the room, I mean, that happened. We didn't tell them we're telling a story about their kid, but um, we're, it's just so it can be very relevant if we do the workshop ourselves. So we decided this past year we would try doing it ourselves. And one of the, we learned a bunch of things. We did a lot of things wrong, and we learned a bunch of things, so we'll share those here. Um, the first thing we learned is to keep the information minimal. Uh, we, I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot that we could be sharing yeah. with them. Um, you know, we've we've all read books and books and books on sex and dating and technology. And so there's a ton to be sharing. But uh, we found that most of the time during the workshop, they really want to be in discussion with other parents around the table. And they process it all better if they're in discussion absolutely. rather than us talking yeah. to them. Yeah, absolutely. So you give them information and then you allow them to process that together. Um, so you have to choose your information pretty carefully, what's most important, I guess. Um, so parents need a chance to share with one another. They can encourage one another. They can share wisdom. They can share what has been working for them. They can share what hasn't worked for them. And um, that's really valuable to them. So we invited to our workshop parents of fourth and fifth graders, too. So I think the the target audience was probably our middle schoolers, right? Like sixth, seventh, and eighth yeah, graders. Definitely. Um, but you got to get the fourth and fifth graders in there too. And the fourth and fifth grade parents, because they're in it. The earlier, the better. Right. Right. And those parents need to prepare for what's coming. Mm -hmm. Um, or it's already, there are, their kids already have a phone. And so they're already on the phone. They're already, um, using all these apps. And so. And more than likely they've been exposed to things too by that age. Yes very likely they've been exposed to a lot by that age. And that's usually a surprise to parents. I went to a workshop years ago and um, I love telling this story because this was like 10 years ago too. And I went to a workshop. It was given by uh, like a family practitioner doctor. And she said it was a, uh, it was about how to talk to your kids about sex. And my kids were like eight and 10 at the time. And she said, to this like a hundred parents in the room she said you need to tell your kids about sex when they're eight years old and everybody in the room's jaw dropped I mean you could hear people go (gasps) and people were angry like this one woman raised her hand and she said you mean to tell me when I'm giving my eight-year-old kid a bath that I should tell that like she's still bathing you know her her young child and um she said you mean to tell me I need to tell that little girl about sex 
And the woman who was given the workshop said, yes, that is what I'm telling you. And here's why. She was very calm about it because someone is going to tell your eight-year-old child what sex is and you want to be the first. And I, that's like the first message I think we give parents about sex is have the talk, the talk and have, um, many of those talks that's the second message I think is that it's not just one talk mm-hmm. do you guys remember your talk I didn't have a talk <gasps> I know you didn't get the talk no Ooh, okay not even by a sibling you're the youngest of many Four, yeah um no I mean I think I went to them and asked when I had questions about things but it oh, was never okay well they established some sort of relationship w- with you that you could ask no then. no my yeah. my siblings not oh, my your parents. siblings yeah <laughs> Until I got a little cocky in like high school and started just asking them flat out questions. Well, your parents have only had sex four times, right? Yeah, well, of course. That's what I say. Well, my mom had two miscarriages. So I had that moment in like third grade when I was like, my parents have had sex at least six times. (laughs) We have four kids and she had two miscarriages. (laughs) Okay, moving on. We had a book in my family. That was was the start of the talk. It's called Where Did I Come From? (laughs) It was cartoons. (laughs) And it was... How old were you when you got to read the book? I'm not sure how old, but whenever we got to pick a book to read at night, that was always the one that I picked. And I would giggle my way through it with my dad saying, Daniel, this isn't funny. (laughs) This is serious. That's awesome. We still have it. That's awesome. All right. So um, getting back to our topic. Well, that's on topic too. We believe that the workshop is just a great place to start to engage parents because this is a topic that they want to hear about and they want the church's help on this. So um, the, as, we, as we planned our workshop and like I said, as we learned from it, here are some things, some more things that we learned afterwards. We probably didn't, um, we, we did allow parents to be in conversation, which again is so important that they talk like maybe half the time of the workshop parents are talking around the table, like 10 minutes of information, 10 minutes of talk time, 10 minutes of information, 10 minutes of talk time. But what we didn't do was set it up at the beginning. We didn't set it up well at the beginning. Parents need to know the gravity and seriousness of this situation. I think so many parents think, and and I have fallen victim to this too, you just think, not my kid. It's like this thing that our brain does. If we, if we had a psychiatrist in the room, they could explain it to us. But I think our brain just kind of blocks it out so we don't have to worry about it. Like, well, my kid wouldn't do that. I don't think my kid has seen pornography. I, like, he's just, no, he's such a good kid. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and, and I thought all those things too. And, and then I asked my kids one day, I said, have you guys, do you guys know what pornography is? And they both said no. So then I explained to them what pornography was. And they said, oh, I've seen that. And uh, it was... How a, old were they when you had I this I think they were about eight, eight to 10, <sighs> 9, wow. 11, maybe, somewhere around there. I have two boys, two years apart. Um, and they both said, well, I've seen that, which, you know, I about passed out. <laughs> and then I said, well, what did you see? And, and my younger one said, girls in bathing suits. And I was like, oh, yes, okay. Um, so I was relieved by that. But then I had... So, I, you know, you, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's just a, you have to encourage parents to have the conversation but parents don't know how to have the conversation so what I just said is something that parents would be like oh okay I can do that I can ask them like they need a list of questions and and if you start young I mean my teenagers I have teenagers now but I started so young 
that I have like this, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back here, um, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> I've just studied it. So, um, but I lost my train of thought. Oh, we had now to- that you have teenagers. Yeah. So, so now that I have teenagers, they don't want to talk about it. They still want to be like, oh, mom, uh, but you just have to do it anyway. Really? You- Your teenagers don't want to talk about sexual things? <laughs> Your teenage <laughs> boys? <laughs> Even like technology and stuff though too. Um, but we have this framework to work from where I just say, oh, remember, this is the deal. We have to talk about every couple months this topic comes up. And in a couple months, we're going to talk about it again until until we don't have to talk about it anymore. Until you're, you know, I don't know. Married. <laughs> <laughs> until you're 30. <laughs> so um, anyway, it's so important to start the conversation. So if you want to have a workshop, start out with um, really convincing parents that this is their problem. And I know that that sounds like, oh, but I I don't want to be an alarmist and I don't want to just scare them. That's not a tactic I want to use. But um, in this case, I think we need to do that a little bit. And stories work really well for this. So if you can tell a story about someone you know, I mean, I even told a couple stories about my own situation and um and that can be really vulnerable so that's that's difficult but if you can get a parent of you know college students or older kids to come and and talk and and tell a story about their kid or if you can just share something that you know um that would be great that convinces them i think and the workshop that we do we try to give them some practical tools but more and more as the workshop went on, we told them the one thing, we're going to give you the one thing yeah. to help you uh, harness the power of technology and um, use it with your teens. Yeah. And I think that was sort the of the draw thing. Yes. Um, to a lot of parents coming. So mm-hmm. they were looking for this one thing that we were going to give them. And we told them at the end, we kept building it up the whole time, sort of like we are with this, where we're going to tell you the one thing that's going to get every parent to come to something but the one thing at the end was relationships yeah and just continuing to have that relationship and that conversation with your teenager on a regular basis every couple of months whenever anything comes up you start young and you continue on it's all about the relationship and you can give them tools to do that I mean they come in wanting the one app the Mm -hmm. one control that's going to help them and we gave them a couple of those practical tools too but um, we also gave them like three different conversations to have and I listed out like the questions to ask I mean some parents just need that much and then we also had resources and what was the thing that we told them when they went home because we're giving them we're not giving them an overabundance of information but I thought this was one of the best things that we said to them are you talking about the continuum? No, when they go home that night. Oh, piece yeah. Of advice. Yes, you may not talk to your child about this tonight <laughs> or really in the next couple of days because everyone's can't. emotional. Yeah, you can't. I mean, I know what that looks like. You Resist hop in the car. The urge yeah. to talk to your kid. <laughs> you speed home and you're like, we need to talk right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen pornography? No. Resist the urge. Come up with your plan. It'll go so much better. Okay, Daniel, you've held us dangled the bait long enough. What is the one thing that will get every parent to come? Yeah, so we've been talking about the way that we've structured these workshops and whether it's on uh, technology, sex and dating, or communicating with your teen or any other topic. I think that sort of structure of having parents come and share with one another is a really good way to do it. 
But the one way that we see that you can get every single parent to show up is to tell them that you are celebrating their kid. My dad was a perfect example of this. He really was not a churchgoer when I was growing up. He didn't have an interest in it. But he would come to hear me read at Mass as a lector or if he knew that I was doing something in particular. Parents will come if you are celebrating their kid. And so the workshops can be really useful and you want them to be kind of part of it and to have part of that conversation. But if you really want to get parents there, that's how you do it. Something to celebrate their kid. Yeah. So one of the ways, a win that we have in this area is at the end of the year, we ask all, we invite all of our parents in to celebrate our seniors and their leaders. And the senior leaders will talk about some of the seniors in their group and hear some of their stories. And then we pray over the teens and then we have ice cream and music. And we always get a lot of parents that come to that. It's really a unique experience too. And we want them to see that we're celebrating these seniors because we want them to want that for their kids. Right. Yeah. You have to tell, we had to find ways to tell parents the value that you're providing and the workshops and the celebrations can do that. Mm -hmm. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Uprising. We love you guys. Tune in next time. We will be talking about how to identify who the typical teen in your ministry is. 